Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to be able to share another story with you, another experience with you. I'm feeling very inspired today because I was volunteering at this organization called GLSEN this morning, which is spelled G-L-S-E-N. And essentially what it is is they help bring support into the school system for LGBTQ plus individuals. And I got to just sit with not only educators, but I to sit with young individuals, teens, who are really on the front lines of what it's like to be a queer youth in our society. And I have so much admiration for them and I'm so inspired by them, not only to see them live such an authentic life, but also being able to look around that room and just see the future leaders of our country and our culture. And I just have such a more optimistic view of where we can get as a society when we are open, when we are vulnerable, when we are raw, and when we live authentic lives. Uh, there's a confidence that comes with that. And I think that's what we need as a society right now. And so I'm very inspired. These kids are going to change the world one day. And I can't wait to see what happens. So as we continue to just share stories and humanize this human experience that we're all having together, but also very individually, this next episode is about mental health. And it's with one of my good friends, Sophie. And it's just such a wonderful, raw conversation about what mental health looks like and how it's such a struggle and that sometimes we need more support than we are given. And sometimes that does mean going to treatment facilities. It means getting help. It means being vulnerable enough to say, I can't do this on my own and I need support elsewhere. And then also just being able to talk about it and normalize it. And that's what this conversation is. And it's so incredible. And I can't wait for you guys to heal it, heal it. I can't wait for you to hear it because it is very healing to hear. Whenever I get to have these conversations, I get to just breathe out a bit more and just say, yes, I've experienced that too. I'm so happy that you've had that experience so that I now don't feel alone and that I'm this crazy person who has only been experiencing this. Um, and so I hope as you listen to it, you feel validated and that you can take something from it and apply it to your own life. And I just ask that if you think of someone as you are listening to it, that you think might enjoy it or get something out of it, I, I think you should share it with them. I, this podcast uh, is meant to be very intuitive. And I think that people, you know, pop up in our minds for a reason when we listen and hear things. And I don't think that's, I think, and I do think it's for uh, a reason. And so if you feel compelled to share it with someone, I think you should give it a try. <laughs> Going into this episode, the mantra that I want us to have is this idea that in this life, we are always going to be a work in progress. And it's okay if there are things in your life where you feel like they're out of control or you feel like you don't have a good grasp on it. And sometimes that's what mental health can make us feel like. It can make us feel like we are outsiders it can make us feel crazy it can make us devalidate any type of our experience 
and I just want to say that a that it's okay to not be okay sometimes. Uh, it's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to feel hurt. It's okay to feel angry. These emotions are very human, and they will happen. Uh, and so it's okay to not be okay. And if you are not okay, it is also okay to ask for help. And I'm someone who understands that sometimes when we're not feeling good and we're feeling depressed or anxious, that sometimes we do need to just be alone and kind of deal with it on our own. However, there are also times where I feel intuitively we know when we can handle things on our own and when we need the support of others. And if you know deep down that you need a little extra strength in order to lift yourself up, then I empower you to ask for help. And that could just, and help looks different for everyone. Help could just be telling a friend about what you're going through. Help could just be going to a counselor or writing a poem or doing an audio journal. There are so many different strategies that goes into mental health and that satisfy people in different ways. And so if you're not okay, know that that is totally okay, but always be striving to be your best self, to live in a space where you feel good and confident. And sometimes that does require the help of others. But And I feel like deep down, intuitively, we know which type of help we need. So just listen to yourself and you're going to make it. So let's get into this episode. Let's do a few deep breaths because I'm feeling jazz and I know I need to calm down. So... <laughs> So let's do a few deep breaths and then let's get into it. Here we go. It just feels so cool. Like it was such a privilege to have microphones as a kid. Did you have microphones as a kid? Well, in elementary school, I felt like there were always two microphones for the spring performance. Like solos? Yeah. And it was like a special thing to get to touch the microphone. I understand. You know, they were did cool. You ever, did you ever have that toy uh, microphone that would echo? Yes. It yes. was like plastic and you yes. had like a big hole on top and you could just talk into it and go. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> special. <laughs> See, microphones are special. <laughs> I don't know. I was like always fighting for the chance to hold one. And now it's yours. I didn't even have to work. Do that you hard. accept this rose? <laughs> this mm. microphone rose. I, that's a big what? question, John. I was like, why are you not saying yes? <laughs> I just want to make <laughs> what sure is I know. So long. <laughs> I want to make sure I know what I'm accepting. I'm nervous. You don't need to be nervous. Well, what comes with the microphone rose? With the bachelor, it's very clear. It's like, would you like another week <coughs> to become an Instagram star? Yeah, and <laughs> be on the next season. <laughs> yeah, so it comes with a microphone. You first. know, I guess um, with the great power comes a great responsibility. <laughs> and you can take that how you want it. I wish in my wildest dreams that I could do like the tongue pop. <laughs> that would have been my response. That was response. really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought about doing it faster. 
Doing what faster? The temple. Do it. There you go. Yeah. That was a really good. That was a really good one. <laughs> Things I think that cost me a few muscles in my mouth. Did <laughs> I pulled a few muscles in my chin? <laughs> That's real. Okay, wait. Hi. 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 How's it going? Good. Good. Actually, it was a great day. Honestly, just tell me about it. I'd love to hear. Okay, so started off with brunch. And when I say brunch, I really just went over to my friend Daisy's house and she made us coffee. Oh, no food? Um, we're poor. Mm. And honestly, she had none. <laughs> she had no food? No food. And I was thinking about Postmates and then I thought a $5 service fee was just not something I wanted at the time. Then she went to a Pilates class. I stayed at her house and tried to figure out my Google Calendar. Jeez. What's wrong with your Google Calendar? Okay, I <laughs> was... I was making plans with people and the plans would disappear in my phone. And I thought, that's weird. Am I accidentally booking it for like 2020 or what am I doing wrong? Uh And then it looked like my Outlook calendar wasn't syncing with my Google calendar, wasn't syncing with my iCloud. I got stressed when you were talking about that. Me (laughs) too. I'm still stressed because I think I figured it out. But now that I'm talking about it Uh again, I'm actually like, did I? And then honestly, we were working on a script I'm working on together she's going to direct it which is exciting this is that short film one mm-hmm. rock logic so that's really uh that was fun working with her and then it was great because i got to leave her house we swung by the samuel french bookshop um she's looking for a play shout out to bookshops yeah they're a thing but i felt really pretentious because i walked in i asked for two playwrights that they didn't have and you're like mm, i guess my uh <laughs> palette for artists is too good for here <laughs> well and you busted the, the door like the Kool-Aid man <laughs> the guy was like wow you really know your playwrights i was like well these are kind of i don't know you should know them too were they common ones not necessarily but they're really wonderful writers that are in prestigious residencies what do you look for in a writer what's your like what's the draw those the two emotion writers, in it well those two writers in particular for today were they're so eclectic like, I wanted to show my friend what the pages look like just with the way the the text was assembled. Grammatically? Yeah, like almost like shapes with the words oh. and spaces that are really untraditional. I think a lot of these writers kind of take you out on a branch and sometimes they just leave you there and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they wouldn't hold these books because maybe they're not as marketable. But they're really talented writers, and mm. I think they should have had them anyways. And so then I told the guy, I was like, you should have a center in your bookstore for, like, a residency, you know, like this one and this one. And then shortly after, I realized, people must come into your store all the time and tell you how to run it. Did you say that? Yeah. And I was what like, did he say? He's like, well, I get nice suggestions. I'm like, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I just told you how to do something. And I was like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> But I was conscious not to apologize about it. Good. I've been trying to work on that in my life, too. Right? Yeah. Just it's acknowledge important. it. Mm-hmm. And move on. Exactly. No one was hurt. No. So, yeah. So that was that. And then, so on my way home, mm-hmm. you know, talking with my director friend all morning uh, and working on this script. And then I called my producer friend. And then I called my casting director friend. And we're all emerging women. And it was cool. Can I tell you that? I was a film major for a year in college. Oh, oh my God, I love that. And that I wanted to be a casting director. That was like, in in my mind, that's, if I would have gone into film and production, it would have been that. Oh my God, you have to meet my friend. I don't want that anymore, though. Okay, but I'll still meet, meet her. <laughs> She's great. She's particular. 
Uh, you have to be for a casting director. <laughs> yes. You gotta know what you're looking for. Exactly. Uh, I've never asked her what actress she thinks I would look like or be like. Now I kind of is it you ask. in the story? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, nope. And I'm making <laughs> it a story about a lesbian couple because I think it's important that it's a story with a gay couple that's not about a gay struggle. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it just happens to be a gay couple. Yeah. But it really could be any couple. Mm-hmm. And it's just a story about... Like, grief. it's not about the discrimination about being gay. No. It's just... It's just a couple life. trying to figure out um, someone whose mother passed away. Oh, that's you really know? sweet. Yeah, how do you support your partner in that time? That's really important. Good yeah. for you. Thanks. I mean, I hope people like it. It's not revolutionary. No you don't know that? I know that it's it's okay it's okay it's a really cute but story it, but the thing is it might be revolutionary for someone you know it might not be for the masses but for one even one person it might be revolutionary I and just, change them in a way maybe i really think it's just cute okay that's and fine too yeah like i wouldn't say this is like the spielberg of movies not with that attitude you're right but i'm having fun and i think i look at this like a learning project but uh it's just so nice to call friends and engage with them on their professional level outside yeah. of, you know, telling them about what happened at the bar last night. And that's honestly why I want this podcast. The why I'm doing it is so mm-hmm. I can just talk to people about like things that you wouldn't normally talk to your friends about. That's so you know cool. what I mean? Yeah. I'm so honored that you even asked. This is cool. No, this is amazing. This is honestly, cool. on my way over here, I was trying to think of when I met you. Like, I can't think of the actual time where we met for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Because we work at the same building. So I met you at work. But I don't remember actually mm. our first interaction, how we, like, became friends. I just remember. It's like in a dream when, like, you don't remember the process. You just remember, like, the event and you're doing it. I feel like I just remember us, like, being friends. I just It's like there was no in between. It was just... Yeah, I can't remember either. I just remember the beginning of you getting there because I feel like I've actually gotten to watch you grow from, you know, being nervous of selling your first space Mm -hmm. and now being so confidently been going to another and teaching others. I mean, it's really, it's been cool because I don't think it's even been that long of a period, but your growth has been exponential. And I can just say that from the outside point of view. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, Yeah. because I don't see that from, obviously... As a person, you don't see that um, growth because well, every yeah. day it feels the same. There's a quote. I don't remember who said it, but actually I think it's C.S. Lewis. But he says, my cousin. Like, yeah, no, but we just share the same last name. I wish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's I my went cousin. through a big C.S. Lewis phase, um, but I think <laughs> so watch. Cool. It's not even C.S. Lewis, <laughs> um, but he says someone says, um, isn't it funny how uh, it feels like this is a summary because it's not gonna be the right one but like over time it feels like nothing's changed but then you look back and everything's different time we grow it's just i I was thinking about our um like just our friendship yeah and were we friends first or was i friends with kaylin first (laughs) you must have been kaylin because she worked there longer than you right i would assume you knew you knew her before me i think that's how did you hang out with her friends no because we started going to rupaul nights that's how and i think that's how we started actually becoming 
real friends real friends yeah so we go to rupaul and then after rupaul we go to halal guys yeah <laughs> and that's when we first talked about just deep deep things yeah and we talked about mental health and all the good stuff yeah then i got drunk and made out with your friend who's my friend what? Are, oh, sorry, are you kidding know. me <laughs> Wait, can you edit this out? I can edit it. It's oh, so I'm funny. <laughs> I'll just, I'll silence the name so we can get, do you care? I if mean. I'll take out the name, but then. I feel bad for them. Look, I won't even gender identify them. Great. Yeah. Okay. We'll okay. See. For their we'll, sake. Of course. My bad. <laughs> I, I did forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. That was a funny night. That was a funny night. Anyways, where's Anyways, wine yeah, at? Ooh, my got, palm just got sweaty. <laughs> my palms are always sweaty. So um, we're currently drinking wine out of um, whale cups. Yeah. And nothing feels more right. I feel like when I swallow, I sound like one of those. Um, oh, yeah. You got to keep the mic. Like up. that ASMSR. Oh, yes. What do you ASMR. call this? Yeah. Like, Ew. <laughs> For those who don't like it, I feel terrible. Oh, I don't. So <laughs> I'm going to re-listen to this and cringe. But I'm trying to like. Aim the mic away. Yeah. But you got to have it close. Okay, but um, I'm trying to swallow first before I bring it back towards my mouth. So it's like, Gwoom. Yeah. I'm super self-conscious of that now. Don't. <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> Keep I'm so going. sorry. This whole episode is sponsored by ASMR. <laughs> so I've told you about what the podcast is about kind of, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've had a lot of good conversations around like mental health your experience with mental health, my experience with mental health, and I just think us talking about it together could be very special and yeah. important because mental health is unfortunately not talked about well. No. I think we're getting there. It's becoming a little less stigmatized, but at the same time, it's still very much stigmatized. Um, yeah. I didn't realize how much I was compensating for my mental health. What do you mean? I think... Oof. I definitely feel a little self-conscious talking about this, but I'm happy to because I think it is important. I agree. Also, I just feel exposed don't, and vulnerable. You don't have to share anything you're not comfortable with. Yeah, but I think it's cool. I think what David Sedaris or someone said, like, he constantly puts himself in positions where he feels uncomfortable because that's where we grow. That and yeah, I agree. So I feel like this could be cool. The one person and it's your would, story. I feel like yeah, you know, it's how you got here. I guess when I lived in New York, I was super racy like my brain would go like like your mind would race yeah and kind of like a kite too it was Mm. really hard to keep up with it and I felt like my thoughts and the way I spoke was really disjointed and I also felt like when I would talk to like my mom on the phone it wasn't really a conversation more like a verbal dump I didn't really ask questions or hear each other Um, unfortunately it was like she was my verbal journal mm. and basically just heard me and then felt distressed about some of the things I was saying. And I really wasn't mindful of that. And I felt like I'd go through periods of time where I couldn't sleep and I'd feel anxious. And then I would binge eat food all night. And it was embarrassing when I'd wake up surrounded by crumbs. Like, yeah. Wrappers, crumbs. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't forget that didn't happen. It's like an alcoholic if you wake up covered in, like, beer cans and yeah. stuff. It's definitely not something I felt prideful over. But so so those are moments of, like, being panicked. What do you think – sorry, what do you think that did for your brain, the, the binge eating? 
what like okay, what did you yeah. what do you think you got from it? So I would binge. Did it calm you? I would yes, absolutely. So I'd binge when I was overwhelmed and restrict when I felt anxious. Oh, okay. And it was like a coping mechanism for those feelings for sure. Like there was nothing more meditative or comforting to me like watching TV and eating. Honestly same. Yeah. Yeah, there's something very calming about it. Like vegetative. Yeah. But I really felt like it was the one space that felt like a warm blanket. Like, mm. I didn't have to think about anything else. Yeah. But anyway, so then, you know, I I had this one day at this internship where someone I worked with accused me of being a little manipulative, trying to get this extra job like this extra opportunity at my job uh and it was so wrong like and i felt really sensitive about it like uh it was in just what happened and i cried for so long like i cried nonstop for maybe seven hours wow yeah it was scary and i just couldn't stop crying and it was terrible because i had such a wonderful evening ahead of me with my grandpa he was taking me to a Larry David like show. Like yeah. a comedy show? It was like stand his, up? his Broadway show. Oh. And it was really cool. And we were getting dinner and I love my grandpa more than anything. Oh, and you love Broadway. <laughs> yeah. And I just couldn't shake the sadness. And I was like, why am I crying? And it broke my grandpa's heart to see me cry, which makes me emotional now because yeah. I love him so much. Of so course. I was like, something's not right. It wasn't an appropriate, it was not an appropriate response to the situation at hand. How, that's amazing that you had that thought, though. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of times people don't self-realize that. Something didn't feel good. And so then I was seeing a therapist at the time because I'd had an eating disorder since I was in high school, on and off. And I was basically just venting to her and talking to her about life. And she was like, you know what, you don't have to live life in a struggle. And there was something about that that I was like, no way. You know, like. You're like, bullshit, lady. Yeah, kind of. I was like, I don't believe you. But then when she said it, I was like, really? Like, really, really? And she recommended this eating disorder treatment that ended up being here in California. And I was living in New York. And I was super hesitant about telling my family because it's a big deal to go from functioning in New York to committing yourself to a 24-hour facility yeah like the most intense care it's expensive it's scary um so i got all the information in order like expenses and which place is the best place and what's the acceptance like and i finally approached my parents about it and they were a little apprehensive and did they know that you had these eating tendencies yeah but i don't think they knew to the extent and also, all my emotional swings had always been chalked up to really bad PMS. Oh, by you or by doctors, by parents? By parents, mm -hmm. maybe by doctors, but I really remember it from my family. Um, I have an emotional family, which is cool. Yeah. But I think my emotions were a little bit more than others. I see. And I think it was chalked up to PMS for a very long time. I definitely think my mom knew. She's smart. <laughs> She knew something was wrong, but I don't think she realized it was 24-hour facility wrong or, like, needed. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but they, they definitely supported me. I came out here and I got help and now I'm able to talk on this podcast about it. Yeah. How brave. It really is so brave that you would do that because a lot of people would see treatment and see going somewhere for 20, like 24 hour treatment, um, and be too scared to do it, even though they know it'd probably be the best choice for them. Oh, I'm a crazy person. but it takes so much bravery to do that. Thanks. But I was like a crazy person when I got there. Like I was acting like it was Can my you, like, first give day. Me, like, give me yeah. the picture. Give me the full picture here. Set I was acting like me. it was my first day of camp. Actually, I was wearing overalls and I rolled up and I was like, save me. And like, you know, tell me to do anything and I'll fucking do it because uh-huh. I want recovery. And that is a huge blessing because I think a lot of people are forced into treatment coming from a hospital, you know, being pushed by other reasons than wanting to recover so mm-hmm. i felt like i really did enter with a leg up and that's a gift yeah yeah you were yeah um but i was like smiley and when i talked to everyone and totally ignorant to the fact that these women were super depressed well i th- i feel like that might be like a misconception about mental health is that you can't be happy while you're still going through all this you know uh, what i mean maybe was it fake happiness or was it genuine like it was smiling. genuine happiness, but it was really extremely happy. Mm. Like, almost disconnected happy. Oh, I see. And so I was Like, they looked everyone. at you and they're like, oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you're here. Yeah, and it was kind of like, are you really grounded? And I don't, I think I was so happy I wasn't really grounded with mm. the space I was in or the people I was talking to. Okay. And then I looked at one therapist who was a head therapist there, and I just started crying. And then I was crying looking at her, and I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. She's like, I have that effect on people. <laughs> like, you just walked in, you saw this person for the first time? Yeah, I sat with her for a second. And she with was. With the intention to, like, do therapy? No, actually just saying hi and it, getting introduced to people. Oh, no. Yeah. And I think it was because she's so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. So present, so grounded that it brought me back down to earth. Gave you that grounding that you needed probably. Now, were the people in the treatment facility, were they past, like, did they also used to have the same type of eating disorders that were the people, that the people there had? The people working there at the facility? Not. Like the woman you talked, was it a man, woman? Wait, are you asking if they also recovered? Yes. Um, or are they just. Not all of them. Okay. But it was nice when you'd meet a therapist who was because it gave you hope to recover yourself that's that's what i was trying to get to yeah but not everyone and i think there are benefits to that and the other mm-hmm. also just to paint the picture of treatment it was in a mansion in the hills it was lovely um no Lindsay lohan was not my roommate i was ready i was like i'm ready for a celebrity there was no celebrity oh bummer yeah <laughs> it was just like nice people trying to figure it out yeah how long were you there? Um, I was in residential care for, gosh, two months. Really? Yeah. What was that gosh, routine like? Been... What was that schedule like? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Because it was probably very well, regimented. First, yes. And also just to add on, then I was in like a kind of halfway situation for another two months. So it was like four months of living under supervised care. And um, everyone should do it. Really? Oh, Yeah. How nice is it that you have a group of people constantly looking out for your best interest? Yes. <laughs> like the world has stopped and they care about how many times you breathe. 
you know yeah everything is journaled everything is cared for it was so nice everyone should do it everyone should go <laughs> take two months off from their life yes, to go get taken treatment. care of yes. for just like out of love oh that's the thing so it was like this beautiful mansion and really it was like a private home that was built out and when you first get there it's like a contract system so all your rights are stripped away and it's Meaning like what? uh like you had to get to privacy level, yeah you had to get to level four to oh, be able levels. to go to your room yeah level four was the highest level but you'd have to earn the right to be in your room alone um you'd have to earn the right to go like could you go to the bathroom alone yeah no really not when you first got there it was it that's when i fucking was it broke. people dealing with lots of different types of mental health issues or was it primarily primary well it's an eating disorder treatment so that's what it specializes okay. in but you know that can cover such a gamut of issues um i think there were one or two clients there during my time who actually were a better fit elsewhere like had some psychiatric stuff to work on first before yeah. they could do this care um, which is okay and like these therapists are super professional so they knew that and were able to get the person the right fit and then could invite them back um yeah taking a dump in front of a nurse <laughs> was i feel like i would just lock up and just not poop for <laughs> four months i mean i had if someone had to watch me i had diarrhea because I'm sure because you're probably stressed. Well, stressed and, and also my watching food you. habits were so irregular. That's true. And they were, probably, were they feeding you healthy foods or was it? Because yeah. it was probably regimented. It was food. healthy, but also you have to be able to eat ice cream. Right. You know, like, are they saying you should have ice cream five times a day for two weeks? No, but you should be able to be okay with that if you need to to survive. Yeah. You know, should you be having McDonald's? No, but should you be able to if there's no other food around and you're on a road trip with people and yes prioritize your experience with a friend over your fear of food yes yes so those are kind of oh, lessons really, that i learned those are incredible lessons yeah but dude taking a shit in front of a nurse yeah i can't like that sucked were they weren't even like just right outside the door like were they literally watching you the door was wide open and we're like standing outside yeah but it's vulnerable as fuck they want to make sure like, you don't throw up like right. that's the truth and then i talked to one of the nurses and when i'd gotten a little better when i got to level four mm -hmm. she was so much Is nicer you can to poop me by yourself level four. Oh yeah even <laughs> by level two. Oh, thank goodness um number two yeah level yeah yikes <laughs> but I, she was so much nicer to me and i was like why were you so why were you a bitch when i first got here you know like why are you so mean and she's like honestly you had to earn my respect. She's like, why should I trust you? Oh. You know, your behaviors got you into 24-hour care facility. That's, you uh, need to earn that back. I do I actually do really understand that point of view. But at the same time. Well, eating disorders, all of us are really, really good at lying. We're mm. experts. You're master manipulators. Yeah. Yeah. And she had no patience for it. And didn't trust us. Yeah, it just, it makes it, it, I feel like that would have made me feel like a bad guy if someone said that to me. Yeah. But it and was, I feel like, yeah. especially your, I feel like your situation, like you chose to go there. I feel like they should really reward that and make you feel yeah. good about the fact that you made a decision to get help. And then she kind of treats you like, 
but yes I, and but no. I do understand. Yes, and I do understand her point of view. It was it just, a privilege. It seems harsh. Yes, and not everyone had that point of view for the record. But it was such a privilege when she starts acting nice to you, and you're like, oh, I'm doing good. Like then I get to have really great relationships with people yeah. like you, who's love, who are lovely. Um, yes, there were definitely people who were cheerleading us on. You know, really happy we we're there, but you're not bringing your best self. Yeah. Oh, do you hear Freeze? I hope so. Oh. I hope that caught on the mic. This doggy. This There's a dog with us. He's snoring like a human. <laughs> so cute. Everyone should have a, a dog named Freeds and everyone should go to residential treatment yeah. <laughs> like there's two things we get from this conversation everyone should go to treatment everyone should have a dog named yeah. Freeds. but this stuff was hard what was like can you give me like a day-to-day what was the gosh you know what it's been so many years like I used to know this right off the bat but you'd you'd wake up and you'd have to go downstairs you know shower or something and then go downstairs to shower in front of people too no but there were girls who would like throw up in the shower Oh. Or, like, swallow a lot of shower so water so that it would help them lose weight. Oh. So what's the difference between showering alone and then going to the bathroom alone? Like, why would they, why were they, like, going to the bathroom alone is more um, Throughout dangerous. the day? No, like, I, I'm just surprised they didn't watch you shower. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I don't Because that seems remember. just as an opportunity as going to the bathroom alone. Yeah. Because there's drains. Yeah. I think it's because you share a room with someone that maybe they would rat you out (laughs) or I don't know. Or maybe the supervision is just not perfect and it gets to the point where like like, you have to be honest about it. And also if you're not losing weight, if you're still like showing other behaviors, it's likely that they'll catch you and figure it out and you'll own up to it. They're probably very intuitive about that stuff. Like they can probably just tell. I mean, they weigh you like once a week. And if you're oh. not gaining weight and they're feeding you the same and same kind of physical exercise, I mean, it's weird. It, it's not right. Yeah. There's a clear sign that something's not working um, and behaviors may be hidden. Mm. Yeah. So you'd wake up, you do breakfast and there were nurses in the kitchen who would be there to supervise while you cooked. And I would see girls, you had to portion out everything and there were people who would like try not to have that extra seed or you know not fill that tablespoon up enough just to save those calories i mean it's intense it's crazy wow but that's the kind of world we lived in yeah and so it eventually become a privilege that you wouldn't have to be monitored that you could cook on your own outside of these like super supervised sessions um those are the kind of privileges you work up towards Mm -hmm. independence really What's the time frame? I know it's probably different for everyone, but between the levels typically. Ugh, was it weeks? Really different between Was it everyone. days? I mean, every Was it really week, just based on progress? Like Progress, for okay. sure. Every week you're evaluated to see if it's an opportunity for you to move up. But what's really, really unfortunate um, is I saw so many people not even get to graduate on the contract system oh, because wow. insurance would cut. Once insurance oh. realized that you could take food down without throwing up, they're like, well, you're fine. You know, why would we cover this care? And it's terrible. I mean, that's, that's so frustrating. Yeah, there's so much more care that goes into it. And it's like really, just because you do well one day, yeah, doesn't mean you're healed and whole. Not even close. And even those of us who graduated from this place, 
you know, we're still in a super isolated environment. Yeah, it's it's really not the real world. No. So you still have to. It was a privilege to get outings with your yourself like i had to learn to go to a nail salon by myself and get lunch by myself which oh my gosh i remember being so tense i remember having a panic attack because i wasn't sure if i had picked a granola bar that was my eating disorder or my taste preference oh that would be so confusing yeah and i remember crying about it and being like i don't know if that was my unhealthy voice or not which just speaks to something with me though where i'm like so black and white yeah like they took us to aa meetings just to see if there was a bigger issue there because i binged on everything before treatment and uh i went and i just was freaking out i'm like am i in aa or not in aa do i have a problem don't i instead of just like being there and just appreciating the experience of like hearing people be honest um i was so busy being consumed with my black and white thinking of like am i or aren't i and there's no gray zone oh so balance is something i'm working on yeah is that something they were teaching in the or is that something you came to on your own no no definitely they taught me for sure when you graduate there's a really sweet ceremony Mm. where everyone goes around and kind of says nice things about you and what they've noticed your growth Mm -hmm. and then you return the favor and go around to say all these nice things about everyone else in your group and it does sound very nice it was so nice (laughs) you feel validated you you get compliments and you people tell you about your growth and yes and then you're sure it's very encouraging totally and you're assigned a therapist pretty much like a few days when you get there and they give you like a speech and talk about what they've seen from you and hope for you very emotional oh i cried the entire time shocker and (laughs) i wrote an eater's agreement which is really cool like promises that you're making to yourself to move forward outside of this care Mm mm-hmm and it was beautiful so mm. thoughtful that whole experience and everyone there is so thoughtful and so happy uh, you had such a good experience with it because yeah and there are girls who shared horror stories of other institutions that they would go to oh. and everyone i really lucked out with where i ended up because yeah. everyone said it was the best and they were right for me at least it was yeah. wonderful and i really can't say enough what a leg up it was that i wanted recovery because i would there were um family groups and these parents would just come in they didn't know what to do and i don't blame them it's like what do you do and they were like you know i don't think my kid or my wife or whatever the relationship was like wants to recover and they feel so helpless and it's true like that's a battle you have to fight for Mm -hmm. and that's a whole extra period of time just to convince someone to recover like you you really can't i don't think can you no, I feel like it really if someone's going to independently and autonomously change like make a life change I feel like it has to be them yes so it was kind of like waking them up to things yeah where they would choose it on their own like for me I really wanted to maintain relationships mm. and that helped inspire me to keep wanting to recover like my relationship with my family has gotten so much better the way I treat my friends the friends mm. I make yeah like, I still have, like, repeated memories in my brain that make me cringe or I feel so guilty for. We all do. Yeah. Mine were really shitty. Oh, and, like, no. I still feel bad. There are certain people in my life I'm too embarrassed to go back to. Oh. Or I know I burned that bridge because of my behaviors, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, we're all okay now. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, they'll okay. be burned forever. Maybe. Or people move And on. sometimes it's okay to, you know, if things... Sometimes yeah. you fall away from people, and sometimes that's okay. I think 
it has to be okay they're okay you know what i'm saying like i didn't ruin their lives (laughs) no they're they're okay yeah realistically they probably aren't thinking they probably have not thought about it since totally and so you have to (laughs) that's so true Um, it's like i've thought about this for the last (laughs) six months every night before i go to sleep and they have not thought of it once no way i'm really really lucky to have gone and what was your what would you say would be the biggest takeaway from it like when you look back on it and you're like this is this is the one thing i took from it the one thing that will stick with me forever okay well so how i've been citing my emotional mood swings Mm -hmm. once i was there for like two weeks or so i sat down with the psychiatrist and he was like you know i think that you have anxiety i was like that makes sense I'm a Jew from New York. Yes. Everyone has anxiety. It's like, <laughs> did you sneeze today? Yes. Are you anxious? Yes. You know? Um, but they were like, I also think you show bipolar tendencies. And that's when I was like, whoa. What? Because, like, mm. anxiety is trendy in yes. the pop culture. You uh-huh. know, Woody Allen, whatever. Bipolar is scary and definitely not spoken about. So I think in terms of this podcast, like, yes. I want to talk about eating disorder, but my eating disorder was a coping mechanism for my mental health. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was actually going to bring that up as well, that I feel like a lot of our mental health issues aren't dealing with. There's like an emotion with that. Like it's not the action that's the issue. There's a deep feeling. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why you're doing the thing you're doing. Yeah. So I created this whole structure of life to cater to my emotional mood swings but that's not to say like i still have eating disorder behaviors that i'm still working on today sure like i will not say that i'm recovered um which is something i'm still working towards and i think that there are people who definitely are recovered and i don't think it's something you have to live with for the rest of your life so that's actually a really good point so i know a lot of people in aa they'll always be they'll never not say that they're not an alcoholic they'll always be like you know Mm -hmm. I'm an alcoholic and that's even though they don't drink anymore they'll still yeah. claim themselves as an alcoholic no. you don't feel the same for no I this definitely type of- think there are people with eating disorders who I know and I've seen as role models who are fully recovered that's amazing have an incredible relationship with food their bodies self-love like I've seen it isn't the relationship with food so weird yeah also, especially in our day and age I feel yeah. like we really do have this weird relationship with food yeah and I don't know what it is mm. Well, also different from alcohol is that you need to eat food. Right. You can't not eat. Yeah. Ha- yeah. You have to create a relationship with it. Yes. In order to a live. healthy relationship. Yeah. So that's different. Yeah. But anyway, so the the bipolar mood swings and all of that mm-hmm. has definitely been something I've been sensitive to along, and I, along this journey. And I feel like it's something I'm less likely to speak about than an eating disorder. Sure. Because yeah. even eating disorders, you've seen movies with it. Like, yeah. it's less intimidating. Yeah. That's and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about being bipolar that it's so scary. Um, that's really extreme. And I still have to question in my life, and this is so different for everyone, but, you know, is this a logical response to the situation at hand is a question mm-hmm. I'm constantly asking myself. And then again, I'm also just an emotional person and coming to terms with that. Like, yeah. I cry at the good place, you know, and like, that's also okay. And I'm a crier when I have to process something with a friend or a family member and not judge myself for that. And so that's, again, just balance. Yeah. 
And it's like allowing yourself to feel the feeling, but then releasing it and letting it go. Yeah. Being not... comfortable with the middle ground. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like yeah. balance is still something I'm working on. So basically going to treatment, like my biggest takeaway is just this kind of vocabulary, the self-awareness, um, these things that I can keep an eye on because these people have helped put a mirror to my face in mm. a kind and loving way. Yes. Oh, that's so amazing. So fortunate. I'm just so freaking lucky. Not everyone gets that opportunity. Right. I'm really, really lucky. There's work, but luck, I mean, plays a huge part in it. You said luck does? Yeah. Right? That we're born in the same place, or the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, one country or another, one race or another. Mm -hmm. That does not escape me. Yeah. It's just luck. Um, how long ago was this? I spent my gosh my 23rd birthday there I'm 26 that can't be right 22nd birthday I don't know so it was 3 or 4 years ago yeah yeah what's it been like since like after leaving oh boy like what's it been like <laughs> so like was it I can't remember. was it easy transitioning back into no no, <laughs> no. in fact I lived in that halfway house situation yeah for two months and I caught I probably could have been there for like another month or so or two but there was an opening with a friend from college who actually had a sublet situation in town because this is LA so I knew people here mm -hmm. and I jumped on it so it was in LA yeah was it in like the valley area or was it in, in the hills not not the Hollywood Hills but like the canyons the canyons yeah it was so nice I can only I was like, imagine yeah I was like I'll never live in a house this nice again no <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're like, this is the best. Yeah. You have people fucking cooking for me. And there's a pool. Luxury. Yeah. But then, like, you have all these people crying. Yes. <laughs> None of us can appreciate it. You're, like, trying to enjoy nature and you just hear sobbing in the background. Yeah. Wild. I remember we went to McDonald's once on these excursions. It kind of, like, challenges. But they'd call them outings. And all these girls... Now, just letting you know, there are people who from like 12 years old to 67 years old. Oh, wow. So that's a huge age range. Yeah. And there are definitely men and all in between who have eating disorders. But yes. this one was for women only, this institution. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways, we go to this McDonald's and I had these like two 16-year-old girls crying hysterically that they were there. And I was like, yo, no one else is crying here. Everyone else wants to be at McDonald's. <laughs> like no one else is like dreading being here. It's like don't feel embarrassed to be here because no one else is it's mcdonald's yeah you know were th what were they upset about was it the fact that they would have to eat mcdonald's yeah they were terrified oh I just terrified because mm -hmm. we create these rules in our heads and you have to it's like the marines yeah it's like you have to break it to remake it totally. and that's the truth you have to break down these false Walls. rules you created yourself for a survival mechanism yeah wild but yeah. yeah i just remember thinking you guys no one else is crying in mcdonald's except you, Did you like, tell them that or was that yeah i was like nothing else is weird here <laughs> except that you guys are crying, crying over like a, happy meal. a mcfrosty thing what do you call it mcflurries <laughs> trust me i know they're mcflurries what was your go-to mcflurry i don't know do you have one chocolate is that well, a thing no they have m&m oreo <laughs> oh, reese's it would have been M &Ms. some have rollos gosh I feel like I'm exposing myself that I've clearly not gone to McDonald's enough in my life. I love <laughs> Maybe we can players. go there. Oh, let's do it. Wait, that'd be fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I've, I, uh, 
I could do it with you now because the gift is I prioritize our relationship over the restaurant. Yeah. That's the gift. In college, I had such an eating disorder (laughs) that I claimed to be vegetarian, but it was just so I didn't have to eat half the menu. Mm. You know, just to create a logical food restriction. And I'm totally not saying every vegetarian does that because that's preposterous. But it was something I abused the privilege to be vegetarian to satisfy my eating disorder. Also, I would eat these crazy veggie bacon. Ooh, hello. My laundry's done. Hello. Do we have to take a break? No. I mean, is this going to go on for I don't know. Nope. We're good. (laughs) I would eat piles and piles and piles and piles of like veggie bacon. Yum. Yeah. But, like, no one likes it that much. I mean, you start not being able to taste it after, like, three plates of just veggie bacon. Yes. I, have, I actually had that realization recently that a lot of times I just eat and I really don't taste it. Like I don't that? know if I, I don't know if it's, like, a texture thing that, like, my brain's like, ooh, I like it because I like this texture. Or mm-hmm. I, like, know what I'm eating, but I don't taste it because totally our brains just are like, we've had this a lot. I know, yeah. what, it, I know what it tastes like. Yeah. We're craving ice cream right now. I miss like Hagen Dazs, like vanilla bean. Like that's the best Ooh. ice cream. See, I like my ice cream like with things, like brownies, cookies. Are you like a Cold Stone person? Also, I don't like the judgment <laughs> look you're giving me. <laughs> Shade. Um, I do like a good, good, good a good cl- Cold Stone. Yeah, that's right. I look past cookie that. dough. Yeah, I look past it. I mean, I don't care. I like what I like. <laughs> <laughs> I celebrate you. I, ce- I want some hot fudge on it, and Damn. I want some some type of carb in there. Oh, God. I Brownie, cookie. Uh, but you know why I brought up ice creams? Because I feel like I've eaten a carton of it, and I'm not tasting it by the end. Yeah, right. That's still something I'm working on. I was, I'm going to ask a personal question. Feel free to answer it or not. Mm-hmm. But what's your relationship with food like now after going, going through that experience? It's still weird. Is it? I'm not recovered. And it's embarrassing to say a lot because – Truthfully, I've had so much therapy and care that it's like, girl, get it together. I know. And I'm just being lazy and I'm no. embarrassed. No, it's okay. I'm in a turning point. <laughs> like, it's just at this point, I can totally survive the way I'm eating. Like, I'm not worried about maintaining my relationships. I'm not worried about any of that stuff. It's just mostly the relationship with myself now mm. and choosing to be mindful all the time. And sometimes I have the case of the buckets that for things that are helpful and then things who are not helpful. And with the food, I'm still working on that balance, which is like the story of my life is balance, 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 balance. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, still dealing with it. That's okay. It is okay. It's like holding that place where it's like, don't judge yourself too much. Find compassion for yourself, but also do the work. Mm hmm. Right? Yeah. Does that sound normal? Yeah, it did sound normal. Okay. Um, For my barometer. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> How do you think eating disorder thing or eating disorder looks different between men and women? Oh my god, I have no idea. Because I, because I've had my own issues with food. Yeah. And I, I want you, I want you to feel validated that, like, I feel like most people do have a weird relationship with food yeah. in our society. Yeah, I believe um, that. Because I. Growing up, I I was a chubby kid towards the end of elementary school, going into middle school. And when I realized, like when I got picked on and I realized I was bigger than the other kids, I stopped. I like counted calories in sixth grade. 
like I counted calories. Mm-hmm. I like tried to run a lot. No. Like it's like when you get that perception that you're different than others. Yeah. It, I feel like the first thing really does come down to looks in your relationship with food. I think more so when it comes to this type of mental health issue, it's more so associated with women. But I think there's a lot of men that also deal with it. For sure. Um, I just haven't been in like those. And I don't think men talk about it. That's the thing. Yeah. I just also feel like I haven't been in those groups that are open to different genders. And they exist and they're important and that's great. But same with AA. Like I just prefer True. the all women's group. Yeah. And that's just with my own experience. And and that taste. makes sense. You know, you want people that you can relate to. and But yeah, guys, body image, totally. Everyone. Oh, it's, it's bad. Especially uh, in the gay community. It's... It's very. You want to look good. You want to hear something crazy? Would love to. Ugh. Okay. So like, I definitely am attracted to both men and women, but with my eating disorder, um, you know, once again, I've created rules that are false, and I'm rewriting them. I love that though. That's. I feel like. Um, I feel like that's like the point of life, though. Right? You know, we're learning and we're all work in progresses. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you used the word struggle before. Like in the last that last episode I recorded for this, mm-hmm. we were talking a lot about how if we exchange the word struggle for change, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it really brings a positive twist on that. Ooh. Like I'm not struggling. I'm just changing. And, you know, as humans, we're going to have to change throughout our lives. We're going to go through struggles. But really, if we just look at it as we're learning, we're growing, we're changing. Instead of saying, I'm struggling, I'm hurting. I love that. I'm crawling, you know, like it, it really just, it makes it more human. It's a positive it's reframe. It's a positive reframe, yes. Oh God, I love that. Um, so that's, how, that's what I've been trying to do in my life is to not say I'm struggling, but I'm okay, just changing. So, so a change I'm going through Yes. is I'm convinced <laughs> And again, I'm trying to break this. <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I'm convinced that guys can't see parts of my body that a woman could see. Like a guy doesn't know the nooks and crannies like a woman does. So they'll miss maybe. That's, that's probably true. Right. But then so then that scares me about being with a woman because I'm just so insecure. Mm. And it's not that I'm not attracted to them because I am. Because I am. Yeah. But I just feel like being with a guy is easier because I'm less exposed. Like, it takes me much more. <sighs> I thought you were going to say the exact opposite, actually. I thought you were going to say that because women see you as you are, mm-hmm. it's almost like that's more freeing. That you don't have to almost put on an act. Like, they just see you for who you are. And um, it, like, scares me. Yeah. Which that. is a bummer because I want to enjoy it. Yeah. So, like, the only thing in the way is myself. And I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm working That's so on self-confidence. Hard. Yes, the same. But, yeah, my one friend recommended sleeping naked. Interesting. I've done, do you do that? I've I've dabbled with it. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, probably 85% of the time, mm-hmm. I wake up in an anxious fright <gasps> being like... Why? Just being like, what if someone comes in? What if I, like... <laughs> oh, no. And so I end up putting on clothes eventually in the middle of the night, yeah. usually half asleep. <laughs> but I'll wake up being like... I need to put on clothes. Yeah, to be my fair. Ang- my anxiety wakes me up, unfortunately. To be fair, she lives alone. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, I do think yeah. that helps, though. Sleeping naked? Yeah. 
You're right. It probably does. You're just literally exposed. Yeah. <laughs> just you and your sheets. I feel like because it makes me uncomfortable, I should probably do it. Have you not done it before? No. It's really nice. Yeah? I wish I didn't wake up in a fright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love sweatpants. But yeah. It's See, that. I think you think you like sweatpants. No, I love sweatpants. But they I can, do too. <laughs> they can be, you know, I, they don't. Yes, yes. I could definitely try sleeping naked to embrace my body for self-confidence. Will you try this tonight? Ooh, sleeping naked? Yeah. Probably not. Oh. Because I'm not. Honestly, st- thank I'm you for your honesty. <laughs> and <laughs> not just lying to though, me. Like, I'm staying at someone else's home for the weekend. So, like. But you're alone. It's the perfect opportunity. No. I'm sure when I go back. Sheets. when Yeah, but. <laughs> you're not dirty. Okay. In the next 48 hours when I'm back in my bed with my sheets i will absolutely try it okay and i'll think about this conversation and, and then i'll give feel us an update weird <laughs> like pressure, pressure. Uh, maybe you yeah. can even like transition into it you could just like wear your underwear or just wear like a bra and underwear wearing my underwear is like being naked anyways that shit is like so, dental floss <laughs> so small <laughs> So maybe try that first if you're not comfortable with the full moon. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, yeah. like get there eventually. Yeah. Or just, you know, just dive in. Wait. Dive into. <laughs> I mean, if my whole experience is supposed to be about balance, maybe getting there slowly is uh, okay. No, no. Right? Yes. Isn't that the thing? I was going to ask a different question, but that would be way too revealing. On this Wait, podcast. tell me. No, no. I'm, I'll tell you if I don't want to answer it. Okay. It's, it's Okay. Um, so when you're with someone, uh-huh. I guess, see, I just, it's so irrelevant. No, my God, ask it now. Come on. No, you have to ask it. Okay. So when you're with someone mm-hmm. and they're like staying over for the night mm-hmm. after you guys have like, you know, do you just put on clothes or are you comfortable oh. being naked then the rest of the night with that person? If they stay. I love, I I do put on clothes afterwards. Like in past relationships. Uh, I would put on clothes. Mm. But just because I swear I was more comfortable in sweatpants. But I think there were a few occasions when I stayed naked. That's a great question. Yeah, I love cuddling. Yeah. I see that example much more in a long-term relationship that I had. But when it comes to one night stands, yeah. That, I'm not talking about like one night stands. Which I've never had. That's fine if you mom. put on clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine if they leave. Yeah, and mom, I've never had sex. So it's cool. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Never. No, no, no. I don't even know what a woo-ha is. What's what? a woo-ha? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but in the hypothetical situation. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the world we create. Yep, <clears throat> totally. I'm never going to be able to run for president. Why? I don't know. Someone will hear this and expose me that you've had sex i don't know that one politician she got exposed for dancing in a college video i mean that's true that was a promo for freshmen for freshmen <laughs> like what this will just i'm gonna go to hell <laughs> as well. i'm going straight to the pit of hades yikes anyways that's a great question i'm glad you asked it oh good i'm gonna be so much more aware of this now which is cool, it right? Cool. Self awareness is a good thing. Yeah. And uh, and it's okay if you don't want to sleep naked. Not everyone feels comfortable doing that. No, I want to try it. And it could be also like a sensory thing. Some people just maybe don't like the sensory input of all skin on sheets. No, I I'm could, just gonna put that out there. I could do it. 
But I fucking love sweatpants. I just want to say, like, I can still love sweatpants. I just want to say, I fucking love sweatpants. I want (laughs) that to be known. (laughs) I can hold space for loving sweatpants, but also being okay and enjoying being naked under my sheets. Yeah. I mean, really, you're naked under your clothes if you make that mindset. So you're always sleeping naked. I just can't walk away from this conversation (laughs) from anyone thinking I don't love sweatpants because I just love sweatpants. I think our listeners (laughs) love sweatpants. I could recommend sweatpants, too. I just want to say it's okay to be bipolar. It's yes. okay to have bipolar tendencies. Of course. I think it's also important for me to say that out loud. Good for, for you. To hear. Good for you for owning it. I'm trying. For verbalizing it. I feel like that's the hardest part is to verbalize it with yourself yeah. and with the people closest to you. I feel that's like. something I'm still working on. Yeah. I've seen my therapist be hesitant towards me. When I say that, because they're like worried I'm like labeling it too much or like living under that label. But I don't. That's interesting. I could see both arguments. Yeah. But for me, it's kind of a relief that I can point to something and go. That's exactly oh, how I feel about it. It's like yeah. I just need. I, if I can identify it, then I feel like I can deal with it. Yeah. If I don't have. If I'm just like, I don't know what this is. It could be anything. Then like the possibilities are endless. It's kind of like um, with kids, how you. If you don't tell them the actual details of like situations that happen, they'll imagine and just make up something that's probably far worse. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same for this type of um, even mental health stuff is that if you don't have something you can identify and be like, this is what I'm like, you'll think you have the worst things. Yeah. And I also think, oh, gosh, I just agree with you 100%. It is nice to identify something like you said. But I also... Um, don't define myself by it. Like, I'm not like, hi, I'm Sophie. Good. I'm bipolar. Uh, yeah. You know, how are you? Hi, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Or like, it's not one of my top five traits that I even mentioned about myself. You know? I'm Sophie. I am an artist. I, I am bipolar. Uh, no. There's a lot of buys in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. That sound was written about me. <laughs> <laughs> What's the third bye we have? Um, like, bipolar, like, bisexual. Uh-huh biological queen bitch yeah. death drop Poof. yeah for those of you who don't know uh just google death drops please google death drops but also called death drops google a bio queen instead of a drag queen go for it it's a woman who does drag as a woman as a woman it's pretty cool i've seen some cool stuff anyways i, I actually it. don't do that so i'll i'll think on the third bye that's okay bye bye for now bye bye for now <laughs> really gonna think about it you don't have to have a third no this is this could be good this could be like my next memoir title your book title yeah because everyone deserves a memoir an autobiography bye sophie Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) bye sophie that's funny mental is so funny and by funny i mean it's not funny but i'm happy that we're finally to a place in our society where it is talked about not as much as it should be Mm -hmm. and but at least it's being talked about in some form. Yeah, and I can't talk for anyone else's situation. And the mm-hmm. only thing I can change is myself. Um, you know, and I'm not saying everyone needs therapy and everyone needs medication. But I do think everyone could enjoy therapy. I agree. Um, and benefit from it. You know, I. everyone's journey is their own. But I wouldn't close yourself off to any opportunities. What therapy has have you seen to be the best for you and what i mean is like 
talk therapy there's journaling there's journaling um i've done like an audio journal before where i like speak into my like phone app Mm. um so it's like i'm talking it out instead of writing it writing Um, it what has been the most beneficial for you journaling writing it and not typing it writing it yeah there is a difference for sure because i've done typing as well and it really it doesn't do a whole lot no it doesn't connect me to my words as much and it's like the physical energy that i'm spending to write Mm -hmm. really connects me with the whole experience well and what we're doing now together Mm. is the book the artist way yes and the I'm only so reason excited. I bring it up is because there's a part of the artist way where you're supposed to journal three pages a, every morning. Morning pages. More, that's what they're called. I was like, mm-hmm. what are they called? And you do it in the morning and you write on pages. What could it be? <laughs> morning pages. <laughs> um, but I've actually been doing it every day and I really do really like it. Right? And I, what's so fascinating is that like I really do get like this high from doing it almost. Like you're just like. You literally just can write whatever is on your mind and it is yeah. very liberating and you don't realize the things you like harbor throughout the day something so meaningless and stupid yeah but you have like these dozens of things that you just have on your mind all day and if you, like from what i've noticed is when i write it out in the morning whenever you write it i feel like it go, comes out of your brain mm-hmm. through your arm through your hand yeah. through the pen yeah onto the pages and then it's done and I don't, I never feel the need to think about it because I've already had the thought. I've written it down. Right. I feel like it um, also sorts my mind out. Yes. So it helps me plan We can categorize day. things better, I think, when we write them out. I want people to know that, like, I feel like everyone has their own mental health issues. Oh, yeah. Um, I just don't want you to feel alone in this conversation. That's so nice. Because I you. 100% claim myself as someone that has mental health issues. I even have a semicolon tattoo um, because... I have tons of issues as well. I have a cactus one with a halo. Amazing. It literally looks like a penis with a cock ring. Amazing. But the intention was yeah. had to do with recovery. <laughs> Are you aware of like the semicolon meaning for mental health? No, tell me about it. So there was this, I saw it probably several years ago at this point, but the semicolon uh, became a symbol for mental health because in grammar, semicolon mm-hmm. is used in sentences when like a sentence could end or it could continue. And so it's the same meaning for life that, um, yes, you're going through all these things and life could end if you want it to, but the meaning is to keep going even in the midst of hard times. That's lovely. Isn't it? Yeah. I love that. I do too. And so that's why I got it inked on my body. Honestly, it's so cute too. It's the best little, I would recommend anyone who wants a small, cute little tattoo, get a semicolon. What was the table? Oh, you want me to talk about the table? Yeah, your new tattoo. Yeah, this one's really vulnerable. But oh, I, no, I'm but sorry. I, no, I like talking about vulnerable things. Um, To be honest, I had this aha moment, and I woke up, and I saw myself as someone that is always standing in the shadows of my own life. Mm. Like, in front of me is the table with all my friends and family. They're just hanging, and I'm just in the back observing because I'm too afraid to really um, live boldly and live confidently and really embrace the life that I have. And I do think a lot of it comes from, I, I do think I still have this victim mindset um, with myself in regards to um, coming out and doing all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I've really tried to recognize that myself. But I woke up this one morning and I was just like, I need to step up to my own table and just be at the head of my own table, be the leader of my own life and to live confidently. And so I got it as 
a literally a daily reminder for myself because I cannot mm. remind myself otherwise um, to live the life I want to live. That is lovely. I know. And it actually means a, a lot to me. And it's so silly and stupid. And I went to get it. I was like, I want this. I want a table tattoo. And the guy was like, a table. <laughs> I was like, I get it, but I want it. Um, yeah, cool. I really like it. That's it's so cool. simple and tiny. But I, I need these types of reminders because otherwise I can I go through like routines of life and I'll forget. Yeah, that's where I feel like in the routine of, routine of life. And what I like about tattoos, mm-hmm. <laughs> response to tattoos, um, is that. For me, it like puts like a mental peg in my mind where I'm the type of person that my anxiety is like I like to plan. Like I want to go through every think of every conversation I might have with this person. So no matter what happens, I'm prepared. (laughs) Does that make Mm. sense? Like I want to think through every scenario in my daily life so that I'm not taken um, so that I can predict what's coming. Essentially, I've done that. It has not helped me. It doesn't help, but for some reason, like over the course of my life, that's how my anxiety um, mm-hmm. manifests in myself. I cycle and I try to, it's like, it's a control thing. Yeah. You know, I want to try to control my whole environment. It's like a mental peg for me to be like, don't plan your life in advance because you may get another tattoo and your yeah. life will completely change. Like, so it's. You might get a chair to your table. I, I probably need a chair. <laughs> I should put some chairs at this table so we don't have to stand. No, I think that's really cool. And I also um, think just. As we're both, are we both millennials? I, we're definitely we're both Gen millennials. Gen X, Y, Z, uh-huh. B, Z. Um, we're in the age of Facebook, right? And social media and everything. We're definitely on Instagram. I think we've moved on yeah. from Facebook. We're, we're on Insta. So everything is kind of up in the cloud, online. So in terms of permanence, no, mm-hmm. that's the power of tattoos. We don't even have photo albums anymore. We don't touch Physical permanent things. things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I look at my tattoo and I think that's the perfect scrapbook right there. You know, that's something like a, that mental peg that you were talking yeah. about. It allows me to move forward and not slink back into that mental routine I had before I got this tattoo. Cool. Maybe that's a better summary of it is that I now know that I have this tattoo that I cannot slink back into that person I was before I got it. Motivated. Because I'm a completely different person now that I have this thing. Um, that's cool. And that's the, uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I can't have another tattoo, I think, until I earn it. Because oh, this tattoo, maybe. when I go through another change. Okay. Because this tattoo is so awesome. Like I, I love this tattoo. What I, does that tattoo mean to you? Well, in recovery, I just love cacti. I love succulents. I'm obsessed with them. They're very interesting. So cool. And this is this is weird. But whatever. Everything else I've said is weird. I just I literally got a table tattoo. So anything <laughs> weird, you are I've, in a safe place. I worked at this like so like bougie shop. Juicery. Yeah. Oh my god. I wish it was a juicery. An no, it was avocado like, toast bar. <sighs> That's my next dream job. Honestly, no, same. this was like a cool bro- retail boutique place and they had these bougie like tarot cards written drawn by like a local artist who's actually really cool the deck is cool i want some i know they're great and um i flipped through and there was this one card that had a cacti cactus with a halo and it basically spoke to like internal strength so if the world doesn't bring you wealth of water you can bring it in from within yourself oh i love that yeah uh what a beautiful image so empowering i'm very into like imagery and symbols right clearly and then 
the cacti is like unbending in its principles. Yes. And then who doesn't love a little halo? You're my halo. Right? Until it looks <laughs> like a cock ring. Can I say it real quick? Your Beyonce is better than the penis and cock ring drawn on my ankle. Here's that's, what happened. This is going to sound mm-hmm. even douchier, but may as well get it now before the TMZ expo. Uh-huh. But I was at this like other so ally boutique. And it was like a Black Lives Matter event. It was all like white female feminism shit. Uh-huh. And um, I really don't think there was one black person there. Oh, that's it was uncomfortable. Almost. It was uncomfortable. It was like a disjointed fundraiser. I mean, fundraiser. it's great that there's white allies. For sure. If you're at a Black Lives Matter event, you would hope. It was definitely not the ideal fundraiser. No. But they were doing these cool stick and poke tattoos and like 50% of the money would go towards Black Lives Matter. So I was like, okay. My friend was getting one. And I was that like, was a stick and poke tattoo? Yeah, like really spontaneous. What do they actually stick you with? Is it a needle? It, yeah, like kind of feels like a little chipmunk. It's like... Like at you. Is that the only tattoo you have? Yeah. So you don't. Okay. Because I, I was actually wondering what the difference in feeling was between a stick tattoo and then one of those like needle guns that they use at tattoo parlors. No. And I kind of like that I can be spontaneous in healthy ways rather than compulsive in ways that would have fed my mental health issues or eating disorder. So it's and kind of nice to still have these traits in my personality that they're not going anywhere, but to mm-hmm. use them. For in a positive, positive way. That's yeah. exactly how I feel about my tattoos as well. Yeah. yeah. There's your positive change, reframe, mm-hmm. transition. Do you want to get a tattoo? Another one? <laughs> when I earn it. Okay. And maybe I, I take that next step of being mindful. and. Do you think you're the type of person that would see when you earned it? Or are you? Yeah, yeah, Do you think you're someone that's like, I'll never, like, I'll never deserve it? No, because I remember the rewarding feeling of being like, you know, I graduated from this place. I can eat my food alone and I enjoy it and it's not weird. Do you have ideas for tattoos you would want? Or do you think it'll just come to you? I kind of thought like some kind of addition to this one would be cool Mm -hmm. to see how it evolves over time. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely think it's achievable to get another reward for my hard work. It's just... You should totally reward yourself. Committing to it. I mean, honestly, I woke up that morning, had mm-hmm. this image in my head, and I got it the, sa- the same day. How exciting. Like, that's how impulsive, impromptu this was. Yeah. What a healthy and choice. I, honestly. I mean, some people would say healthy. Some would probably say, holy shit. Like, that was so impulsive. Yeah. But of all the impulsive behaviors, you got, like, a pretty image on your hand. That means something to me. Yeah. yeah. Did you hurt anyone? Did you no. hurt yourself? I didn't hurt. No. Did you risk anything with honestly, that? This has literally changed my life. Like, that's how, like, meaningful it is to me. Right? The only that's thing... That's why it's so vulnerable for me to talk about, because I'm like... Yeah. This so, little stupid table has changed my life. I don't think it's stupid. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think it improved a relationship with yourself. It really did. It didn't end a relationship with anyone else Mm-mm. or your job. And really, the tattoo is more so... Like, I, I was doing the work, and the tattoo is, like you said, like, mm-hmm. I felt, felt like I earned something to be, like, almost like a Boy Scout badge. Yeah. It's like when you finally finish something, you get your badge, and you're like... You did it. You mastered it. Yeah. And not that I mastered comp because this is what it, it's confidence to me. Like when I look at that, it's because I'm trying to have more confidence in my life. And mm-hmm. I've seen with my tattoos, it's the things I'm going through. And those are like the things I get. Like my <laughs> semicolon was for mental health. I have a few other ones that are more like spirituality based mm-hmm. because I was dealing with spirituality at the time. And so then I got them. And Did um, you? Okay. I'm going to ask you a really personal question. I love it. Okay. When you were a kid, 
do you ever have a sticker system? Did you, you earn things if you got a certain amount of stickers? Oh, okay. Um, yes. In school, we did this. Mm-hmm. I also did have it at home for a bit. Um, actually, I don't even know if we did it. We did a few different things at home. So but at school, we did. Like today, it's like they're invisible stickers. But mm-hmm. then your reward is a tattoo. I like that. I, I think for me, it's not planned. Like if, with the stickers in my mind, it's like... It, in my mind, I'm not like working towards tattoos. Mm. Like once I get a certain amount of stickers, but I do kind of like that idea of like rewarding yourself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess my mind just doesn't work that way um, when it comes to rewarding myself. Interesting. Can we just talk about one more thing? Totally think, relevant. Yeah, of course. Do you ever get really proud of yourself when you see how like translucent your pee is? Interesting. Like how clear? Yeah. Um, I get so proud. I'm like, yes. I, I drink a lot of water, so. I, oh, so oh, cool, cool. Same, same, yeah. same. Um, so I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that cheer every time I have clear pee. Same. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mess. Um, but I love that you do that. You're cheering yourself on as you're peeing. Yep. Man, I wish I hadn't added that part. You could edit this part <laughs> no, out. I bet a ton of people will relate to that. Have you ever taken a multivitamin and then peed neon? Oh, my God. Yes. Like, so, I mean, we can relate on that. Oh, Shout God. out to multivitamins. <laughs> God damn. Uh, oh, literally so neon funny. green almost. But. Scary. All right. That makes me feel better. Oh, man. I love talking to you. You're so I nice. I talking to you. You're a gift. You're a gift. You're a gift and so, you come with cool microphones. I mean, I do come with microphones, so. Best ever. What's one key takeaway you would want people to know about mental health? Mm. I don't know what came to my mind is like it's a game of surrender mm. can I just tell you one of my tattoos is surrender <laughs> really yes <laughs> that's awesome that's so funny you know just it like really is letting go to create space for something new mm-hmm. and trusting it because it's so scary because it's the unknown it's very scary and you've that's... held on to these beliefs I've gotten you at least this far mm-hmm. but really trusting and letting go and then you gain so much more yeah um i've thought about this a lot um i've really tried to own the fact that um like i'm a work in progress and i correlate Mm. that to my mental health um i i have i had to come to the realization that i will always have depressive and anxious tendencies Mm -hmm. and i don't think i'm ever going to be rid of those and so i'm trying to like find grace in there that where i can kind of give myself the space to feel those feelings and then i think now i'm starting to learn the coping strategies that i can best use to get out of it in the shortest amount of time but to know that i will go through these things and that that's okay yeah and um, now you're an advocate for it right yeah because i mean yeah because sometimes like especially do you struggle with depression at all i don't okay but i've been hella sad <laughs> yes uh well because uh, being bipolar right where you have the highs and lows highs and lows i never luckily ever felt like wanting to lose myself mm-hmm. but hellas, i mean like i told you crying for seven hours yeah that's it was crazy i didn't want to like lose life but i was like why yeah. can't i stop crying yeah um i've talked with a few other people that have depressive tendencies and it's really it's almost like when you have those days and you really just don't feel great. Like mm-hmm. you literally just, it's really hard to find that the light in the day. And it's really, it's about telling yourself that it's 
kind of like congratulating yourself and giving mm. yourself a sticker for what you do that day. Be like, it's okay if you just wake up and you make yourself coffee or you made yeah. yourself breakfast. Like, be like, fuck yeah, you made yourself breakfast. Good for you. Because if you can validate yourself and just like those little things you do in the day, yeah, I feel like it for me, it helps me get out of those states easier because I'm allowing myself to feel it and then just let it go. But. I'm just thinking about all the people who are listening to you and all the, like your fans who are going to ask for your number Ooh. and all of the people that are going to want to date you because you're so great. <laughs> no. And I'm like, yeah, it's that self-awareness and growing up. Well, what a catch. Yeah. Marry me. It's casual. It's casual, guys. I mean, and it, it's not and I don't even do this 100 percent of the time. Like I can mm-hmm. talk about it like I do, but I still. We're all a work in progress. Exactly. So cool. But I feel like if we allow ourselves to be a work in progress, we're not like dragging our feet. I've also had this image of in my life. I feel like, you know, the Flintstones car. Yeah. Like pedal. Yeah. I feel like I the image of myself in my life is that I kept putting my feet down so mm-hmm. that I was dragging my feet. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was just causing myself harm when really all I need to do, the car's going to go. I just need to lift my feet and then it'll be a smoother ride. That's like I can put my feet down metaphor. if I want, but then it's going to, I'm just going to get hurt. It's like the car's going to go forward either way. You might as well just lift your feet and go along for the ride. And so that's really how I try to see it. Wow, John, that but was But sometimes beautiful. my feet still do go straight to that ground. I'm like, no. <laughs> but Wait, that's great. My parents were going to name me Pebbles. No way. Yes. You kind of could be a Pebbles. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. In the best way. Thank you. Like, I also kind of want to be a Pebbles. But you could be the Bam Bam to my Pebbles. Yes. Yes. When I become and a- coming onto the stage, <laughs> Pebbles. That's me. Always looking for my Bam Bam. Hey, John. Hey. <laughs> bam Bam. Such a silly, amazing show. Yeah. How do you feel? How do I feel? Yeah. Still hungry. Yeah. <laughs> my pop, my right palm's been very sweaty. I've been like clutching this microphone. <laughs> um, but I'm so grateful for the opportunity that you wanted to have this conversation and that you are creating this space for people. And I think it's awesome that I mean, you're I, using your gifts for good. Oh, thank you. So th- no, thank I you. I mean, these are, these are the types of conversations I actually really like having. Yeah. And I feel like I want to have more, so... Yeah, I think it's wonderful. I can't wait to continue to hear other people speak. Yeah, and that's what's great. Is every, yeah. That's what's really interesting is we don't realize that everyone has a story like this, a story that they like went through a really hard time and they had to, in their personal life, try to work it out themselves and do better. And yeah. we're, even though we're all the same, we're all experiencing this human experience, we all go through different things. And I yeah. think in our in our experiences, um, even though they're different from what I found, is that just hearing people talk about the bad times and what they did to overcome um, really helps a lot of people. You know, it's that like raw, gritty stuff that really makes that change. It's striving for self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. I don't feel like I talked enough about self-love with you. I but don't think we did either. And that's so important. That is the crux of it i think so i mean it really is that's something it, i'm working on i think actually in the last, last episode i quoted rupaul really yeah right. if you can't love yourself that's how the hell are you gonna love someone else i think else? i misquoted it in the last one but that's okay oh i think the point got across great um, quote yeah and it's so true that's the thing about maintaining relationships like i said you know if i can't take care of myself put the gas mask on myself how am i gonna help the person next to me exactly or how am i gonna you know, 
be able to love my partner if I don't love myself because I'm so consumed. I mean, yeah, you really can't. With self-hatred or Uh taking the energy from them to fill my cup. Exactly. Um, That's not fun for anyone. No. What's the biggest lesson you've learned about self-love? Hmm. I think self-love comes from self-compassion. So that would be my biggest. What does that look like for you? Oof, girl. Well, there are things I need to. Hmm. You know what? This wonderful therapist that I had, she is fantastic. What a magical human being. She would literally grab herself like a hug and go Mm -hmm. kiss her body like, oh, thank you, arms. I love you. Mm. Or like, thank you, thighs. And like, kiss her thigh. Yeah. She's like, these guys got me up and down the stairs today. Like these arms. It's those little things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, just a constant level of gratitude really makes my day better. Yeah. And holds an opportunity for self-love when I can appreciate things. I mean, there's so much science behind gratitude, which is so fascinating to me because it's so, uh, it seems very like wooey spiritual to be like, just feel gratitude, you know, write down things you're grateful for each day. And I remember hearing that and being like that, like, of course I'm like, cool yeah but when you actually do it and you really are grateful for literally just like getting out of bed the fact that like the sun's out and that you have a job and yeah. that you have friends and that you know it really it really does something i really Somehow, do that i there's yeah. something about it i think like just intrinsically that we it shifts my mind space i like, feel like it makes you more present too because yeah. you're aware of the things going well, on in your life and i've been in like anxious little tornadoes and my mind is like caught on something like something's really upset me I'm like i don't want to think about this anymore yes and then i write this list where i'm like man am i so grateful i have a phone charger right now so my alarm will go yeah. off in the morning or like man am i so glad there's like a new episode of the good place of the good place <laughs> that i can watch or tomorrow. rupaul yeah or man am i glad like i went grocery shopping so i'll have food for tomorrow or i'm so glad i got to talk to my mom on the phone or that i got a new pair of pants or that I get to see my favorite friend tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and then I'm like thinking about those things, which are so much better. Maybe that's it. Maybe it really does take you out of your own head. Yeah. And it tells you, yeah. They're just. Stops that like cycle of, for me, anxiety. Yeah. What's, what's that song? Like think about your favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. Sound of music? And when I was Is that, Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. So Yep, there we go. You know what's another good takeaway from this podcast? What? Not to pursue singing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, okay. And, and that's I, okay. I still love myself. Exactly. We can still lip sync. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, we can. I'm ready for it. Good. <laughs> cool. cool. Jinx, you owe me soda. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for being so vulnerable and sharing. Of course thanks for wanting to chat this is fun it is fun isn't it yeah i've been so conscious of trying not to use the word like honestly i'm so glad you brought this up i re-listened to the one i did with my my friend uh-huh. uh the last episode mm-hmm. and the amount of times i said like i had to be very conscious i i don't even know if i said it that many times mm-hmm. this time no, I think because i didn't good. realize i did it last time either and so i reheard myself and I had a panic attack. That's not true. <laughs> I, sh- I shouldn't joke about that. <laughs> After we're talking about mental health, um, no, it's but yeah, good I'm to trying to be very this. conscious about it's my scary. words. 
actually been wonderful to... being so mindful with you. Oh, I, it, yeah. Right? We're not just saying throwaway comments. Everything we've said is really with an intention. Yes. And I really wish we did that more in life with the people around us. Totally. Um, I think it just, it really does take both people, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it takes setting aside time. And we just unfor unfortunately don't make time for each other anymore. We need to build up that intention muscle. I, we do. Which we will. I think so. It, I mean, it starts with us, you know. We're doing great. We are going doing great. Okay, can we reward ourselves with dinner now? Yes. Okay. okay. So we'll just say bye. The and I hope you enjoyed it. Do you ever namaste? Doesn't it mean like the light in me sees the light in you? I mean, if it doesn't, then I want it to be that. <laughs> so the light in I, me sees I, I the light in you. I do think it's that. It means something like that, at least. Yes. Namaste. 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 <laughs>